Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, There are some very, very impressive people in the world, and especially in the world of business. We hear about how people like Henry Ford, Dwight Eisenhower, people like Steve Jobs just absolutely dominated their day by taking control of it and working around their own schedule for them. And with me on this episode is someone who has absolutely mastered that art and has created a fantastic, fantastic online community that now powers his business. It's a fantastic story and so, so inspiring and actually packed full of action. So the issue that we're going to challenge today, guys, is actually building an online community that drives your business forward, that allows you to undertake some particularly counterintuitive practices when we consider them traditionally, but actually lead to much more sales, much more customer retention and much more success. So with me today is Mr. Brendan Hufford. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for having me on, Mark. I'm freaking pumped to be able to chat today. It is such a, such a pleasure. And guys, for you listening out there, Brendan runs his own podcast, Entrepreneurs and Coffee, which is a fantastic, fantastic show. Check it out. Brendan, just tell the guys a little bit about your show before we dive into the meat of the episode, please. Sure. So Entrepreneurs and Coffee, you can find it at eandcoffee.com because nobody knows how to spell entrepreneurs and I mess it up too all the time. I I can't even say it sometimes. I did an interview and totally slurred it at the end and I was like, for sure, don't mess up the name of your own show in front of the guest. So they can just check it out at eandcoffee.com and really it's just a chance to sit down and have coffee with me or me and a guest and talk shop and get some real actionable advice ask those questions that you want to ask without any fluff and you know i don't really need inspiration i'm up even as we're talking right now it's 3am like i get pumped to wake up every single morning i don't need to be inspired but i do need actionable advice from solid mentors and that's what we do on the show and it really is a great show, Brendan. You've got such a good format, and I know you're rocking iTunes and you're noteworthy as we record this. And it's it's a really, really strong show. You've done so, so well with it. And I, I just want to pick up on the fact that as we record this, it's 9.14 a.m. in the UK, which is 3.14 a.m. in your time zone, Brendan. Let's just talk about that that motivation. You know, What is it that you do and what gets you up at that time? Well, I think when you are aligned with what you're passionate about, And people say this all the time and it sounds very woo woo when you read it somewhere, you hear somebody say it like, you know, let your passion be your alarm clock. And, you know, when you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Like, no, 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 this is work. Don't get me wrong. Like I would love to sleep in and wake up when my wife and son wake up. But I like when I go to bed at night, it's a very strange feeling that like, I can't wait. Like I go to bed happy. Like it's like a Christmas Eve feeling every single night when I go to bed. Cause the next thing I get to do is I get to wake up and I get to work and then I go work out and then I have time with my family and it's incredible. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but I think that I'm also very much wired for this. Looking back at my story and my history, like when I was in fourth grade, I was an entrepreneur. I, so we had a business contest. It was called economic village. And all the other kids were selling their baseball cards because they didn't know what to make a business out of. And I got together two friends and I bankrolled our business. We had to like rent a table. It was pretty, looking back, it's pretty advanced for fourth graders. 
and we, I got one of my friends cause I didn't have any money. It was just me and my mom. He brought in a TV. My other friend brought in a super Nintendo and we let kids rent time playing video games. So we didn't lose any resources and we got the electricity for free and we got all this freaking money and it was awesome. Then we went around and bought all the other kids baseball cards. It was great. But like looking back on that stuff, like this has always been a part of me. This is very much my nature and in my, I was kind of nurtured out of it, which I guess we can talk about here, but in being back in congruence with that, it's, it just, it's like clockwork. There's nothing, there's, it's a lot less effort than it's more, it's harder for me to go to a job every single day that I don't like than it is to do this. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea that it's so ingrained, you know, the idea that you were doing that so early on, which is a genius idea for fourth grade. You know, you'd have got my money for, for a Super Nintendo without a shadow of a doubt. So that, mm-hmm. that is such an interesting story. I love that. And I actually just want to talk about that because, you know, you've kind of, you've always had this entrepreneurial spirit and you mentioned there about, you know, the idea of turning up to a job that you're not that passionate about. Let's talk about how you've built your businesses, your online communities around that. And let's talk about specifically what those online communities are. Sure. So, well, first of all, I just kind of as a caveat, I don't think being an entrepreneur is for everybody. Being an entrepreneur is very, very hard. And there's this kind of like, sexy, like romantic view of like, quit your day job and be happy and live your dreams. Like, no, this crap's freaking hard and you're going to get punched in the face a lot. And I, that's like my advantage is I can take those hits and keep going. But a lot of people can't and they get knocked out of the game really early. Like, It's not for everybody. But with that said, I do think that every single human being in this day and age should have a side business. It gives you more freedom. It gives you more leverage. It gives you a little bit of insurance in case you lose your job. Like having a side business is for everybody. And the stuff we're going to talk about today is applicable, whether you're a full-time entrepreneur or you're just looking to start a side business to maybe get more money for a vacation or to be able to cover more bills, things like that. So I think it's applicable either way. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And the idea of a side project, you know, there's so many, so many success stories that we see about being an entrepreneur. And I saw something yesterday, actually, in the media, which was the entrepreneur term is being bandied about so, so often. And actually, it's people that are perhaps freelancing or people that are perhaps doing something that actually, if the right opportunity came up, they would give up and take a job doing as well. You know, so that entrepreneur tag, I agree, has become romanticized just a touch. And you're right, it's it's very, very hard work. It's hard knocks, tough days, late nights, early mornings. It really is a tough life. And The Mm -hmm. idea that everything's so accessible these days, you know, we're going to talk about communities. We're going to talk about building something online. The idea that things are so accessible these days means that you can have these side projects and they can be successful. They can be accessible. They can be run at very, very little outlay, very, very little cost. And, you know, is that something that you find people are just embracing more and more? You know, the, the marriage of digital technology, the internet, and obviously the drive of the entrepreneur is that giving people opportunity that just wasn't there maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I think that we need to start realizing we are doing business in 2015. Like the future is now. And for the first time in the history of the world, we are able to connect. You know, I can be in an online community with you and we're six hours apart in time. And that's amazing. I can be in online communities with everybody in the entire world. Like we're more connected today than we were yesterday. And that's going to continue expanding exponentially. And being able to build an online community 
being able to have people around you who support what you do, no matter what you do. You know, people who supported my jujitsu company are a lot of people who came over to my podcast because I was talking, already talking about that stuff, trying to get people to listen like, hey guys, I'm passionate about jujitsu, but maybe you like this article on branding that I thought was really cool. Like I'm just sharing what I'm passionate about. Well, they came over to the podcast too, because they're fans of me. You know, we've built that community. I've brought value to them and things like that. But I think building community online does a couple things for you. Not only for me, at least, not only is it the core of my business, but like it's also helped me raise thousands of dollars for charity. Like I didn't raise that money. I didn't do that. Like they did that. I sold a bunch of my old used jujitsu geese and gave the money to charity. Like, yeah, that was my geese and I sold them. But like that was because of community. I was able to do that. We raised money and sent uniforms to kids in Brazil. Like where Brazilian jiu-jitsu is from, there are kids who can't afford the uniforms and can't train because of that. And that's a shame. That's a tragedy. So we sent a bunch of uniforms down there. Again, only because I was blessed to be a part of this community, to have this community around my company and my brand. You know, they did it too. And I want to give them all of the credit. I was just able to kind of focus that in a direction that I was passionate about. So online community can bring you a lot of things. I think it's incredibly valuable Um, as far as sorry. Go ahead, Mark. No, no, no. Go, go carry on. I think as far as building it goes. So my first tip is really just to not care about ROI ever. Like you literally when you start a company, especially with the way social is, you have to not care about your return on investment in people. You have to give and give and give and give and give and find ways to be more valuable than all the other people who are just talking. Like when I started my podcast, one of the ways I gave, and I know this sounds silly, was I was, I'm, I'm fairly decent at using, I'm, I suck at Photoshop, but I'm good at using a program called Canva. Have you ever used Canva, Mark? Uh, this evening, Brendan, I'm interviewing Mr. Guy Kawasaki himself. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So there you go. Like he's a huge evangelist for Canva and like they're incredible. They're kind of democratizing graphic art. And since I suck at Photoshop, I've never had access to this beautiful typography that I love, but In Canva, it's all set in and you just drop a background picture in, it blurs it, it puts a cool filter on it. And then you just fill in the words with whatever words you want it to say. And it looks like you're a professional graphic artist. And I just started making people podcast show art. Like I didn't even have a podcast yet, but I'm like, hey, you know, I I listened to your show, gave it a rating on iTunes and I really like it. Um, Here's some show art if you, you know, if you want to use it, if you just want to share it on social and whatever, like, hey, maybe that's helpful to you just trying to provide value like that would take time out of my life. But if I could put that time into somebody else's life, maybe, you know, down the road, they might help me. I don't know. I didn't really care. I just did that for as many people as possible. And I have to believe that that's part of the reason that what I've done with my podcast has been successful. But also that's how I did it with OK Kimonos and the website I had before that called gereviews.net. Like that's how everything was. I think that's so, so important because we, we do live in this world of content, this world of inbound marketing, this idea that people just expect more from a brand, from a company, from a person, from a product, from a service. And actually, if we, if we become the bringers of value, the sales actually just follow, don't they? Because people expect the quality. People get to know your values, your ethics, your mindsets, what you stand for. And actually, you attract the right sort of people. You, you're not really ever theoretically going to sell to that many people with whom you don't share some kind of mindset or some kind of, you know, interest, because 
you're drawn to the same value. You're drawn to the same content that you've put out there. So I think that's really important, you know, bringing that value to people and not seeing it as giving things away for free. It's, it's such a massive shift. And I don't know about you, Brendan, but so many businesses that I come across are still really struggling with that concept. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. So like, Mark, if I came over to your house and you're like, hey, um, I need some help painting in the back room. Can you help me? And I'm like, sure. So I then help you paint your whole back room. And I'm like, all right, man, it was great hanging out and chatting today. I'll see you later. Like, how does that make you feel about me? Like, you feel like you want to help me. So then later, if I'm just like, hey, man, I need help um, moving this couch and everybody else said no, you'd be like in your head immediately before you even can acknowledge why you're like, yeah, I'll help you. That's no problem because I gave first and I didn't know I was going to need to move a couch. It's not like, man, maybe I can paint this room and then I can get Mark to help me move my couch later. It's not, it's never like that. And when you don't have that type of intention, you don't get let down when people forget about you, but like you can get it. it. It'll always come back. Like it's a weird kind of reciprocal thing that happens in our, in our human brain. I wish I had science to back this up, but it's just really how I feel um, that you feel this, you feel almost indebted when somebody has helped you and when somebody has done something nice for you and they didn't have to. Um, I've experienced this tons of time with other people that just connect me for no reason that say like, Hey, do you want to meet and talk to this person? And I'm like, yeah. And then they just start like, send an email and they're like, Hey, meet, you guys should meet and I'll let you guys take it from here. And I just feel indebted to that person. I don't know what I can do to help them back, but I'm constantly thinking about it. And I think that happens in our brains. So I think getting out there and just helping people and supporting them, even with crap that doesn't make any sense. Like, so I'll give you another example, Mark. The first email when you join OK Kimonos, my jujitsu company's mailing list, uh, and you see this a lot in a lot of online marketing brands, they send out an email that says like, how can I help you? What do you need help with? What are you struggling with? And I say in that email, like, I don't care what it is. I know we're a jujitsu company, but if I can make your life better, I will. If I can help you pick your college major or get your little kids to eat vegetables, like I'll help you with that stuff. I don't care. It doesn't translate into me selling more geese, but like if I can make your life better, like I have to believe that over time you're going to want to shop with me as compared to somebody else that you don't even know that doesn't care about you. I think that's, that is vital, really, really interesting because that shows the type of person that you are. And I think that is so, so important for a business these days in this world of transparency in this world of social expectation, you know, it's really, really nice to see that it's not just another lead magnet. It's not just something that you're throwing out there that you've put together. It's actually, this is me, Brendan, offering to help you, whoever you are, with whatever you need. And I think that just stands you in such a good stead for people moving forward because it just opens their mind to the possibility that actually you're not just Brendan that works at OK Kimonos. You, you don't just run gear reviews. You do all of this other kind of work. And actually the value is from Brendan, not from this brand. You are the brand, which that is vital. I really, really like that. And I can see how that leads to a very positive online community. And one thing I just want to pick up on actually is that you mentioned the idea of kind of really getting to know people, getting under the skin of their problems. And some of the notes that you'd sent in, one of the tips before we get to it is actually around engaging with people as people, getting to know their names. I'd just like to talk about that for a second. In this world of distraction, in a world of speed and, you know, these really quick communications, let's just talk about the focus that you actually put on learning people's names and how important that is. So I think I read it in 
I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I think I read it in How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I think in there he says the, the sweetest word in any language to a person is their name. And being a teacher, I would have to within the first week of school, because that's what I said to myself. I, I would tell the kids like day one of school, I would say, all right, what are your names? And they'd all go around, they'd share their names. I'd take attendance and I try and remember a couple. And then I would look at them and I would say, how many of your teach other teachers today told you to forgive them because they're bad with names? And the kids are like, um, all of them. And I said, well, here's why names are freaking hard. It's hard to remember names. We are all bad with names. But, and I said, let's have a real honest, and we're just meeting each other. Like I just met all these kids, class of 30 kids. They're staring at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, let's have a real honest conversation. If you forget somebody's name, why is that? And it usually takes one or two answers, but honestly, the, the best answer is because you just don't care about them. If you forget somebody's name, there's a very good chance, unless you have like some sort of cognitive disorder, that they just aren't that important to your daily life. And that's okay. Like we only, we have a finite amount of memory in here that we can try and expand through techniques and stuff, but it's hard. You know, remembering people's names is difficult, but when you take time, that communicates to a person that I matter. You know, if we, I don't, you know, if we saw each other, Mark, at some sort of conference and I've only ever seen you through your Skype picture and I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on, Mark? And you're like, who is this guy? And how does he know my name? Like that matters. You know, remembering somebody's name matters, especially when you're meeting face to face, especially when you haven't seen somebody for a long time. And I think that it's, an, it's hard, but it is a very, very worthwhile investment. I heard a story that Hillary Clinton is literally fantastic at that. Like that's a huge advantage she has as a politician is she could not see somebody for six months or a year or two and remember things about them that are important. Like, hey, how are your girls doing at San Diego State? Are they enjoying, you know, going to school there? And you're like, I don't even know how you remembered me, never mind the fact that my daughters go to this college. And I think that that is huge. Um, I would advise anybody and everybody, it's easy when you're online uh, to remember people's names because you see them, but when you're meeting face to face, and I think that's the best way to do business personally, you remembering people's names is key. I would agree entirely. I would absolutely agree with that you know whether it's in in business whether it's in your personal life i think that is very very vital because at the end of the day we all want to feel valued and if someone forgets our name just you know how does that make us feel you know spinning that around and putting that into some kind of context i can see the value of that without a shadow of a doubt and i actually just before we dig into you know getting under the skin and, and putting some parameters around the three actionable tips that you've provided brendan what i'd like to do is just talk about specifically for businesses and perhaps businesses that are out there that don't necessarily already have this, but are already trading with success and are looking for something else to open up other revenue streams. I'd like to just talk about specifically what a community online can do for a business that's already out there. How can someone that's already trading and doing all right, how can they increase their revenue, their brand through building a community, even if it feels a little counterintuitive? So it sounds silly, but making, so first of all, you have to give people a place to talk. Um, used to be that you would have to put up a forum and things like that, but like who wants to go to like tomsasphalt.com and then go talk on the forum about asphalt? Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you give people a place to talk, like on your Facebook page or you engage on Twitter or you have like a really funny Instagram or, or like a wildly interesting Snapchat, I know this sounds silly, but if you're an asphalt company 
and you trust your like one or two of your employees to upload funny videos to Snapchat of like cool things you see while you're working and, you know, funny jokes that the guys tell and stuff like that, that are all like clean and appropriate, but that would make people want to engage with you. And I know it sounds silly, but the next time they need something like that, they're of course going to think of you. And even if they don't live by you, they'll tell people who do live by you to use your service. So I know it's totally an aside, but building an online community, especially in the age where social reach, like on Facebook is at its lowest it's ever been because they want you to pay for it. They want revenue. Um, I think using things like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, if that's your demographic, if that's where your people are, is really, really valuable. And then giving them stuff to engage around, giving them stuff to talk about, which we'll talk about here in a second uh, with the tips, but giving them things to engage around. Now, all of a sudden, your fans are talking. Now, your fans are friends with each other. Now, they're helping each other and you don't have to be as involved. You can kind of step back a little bit and pop in every once in a while, but they just help and support each other. Now, when things, when you have a new product come out or you have something come out, you just drop it in the group. Hey guys, what do you think about this? Like you're my dedicated fans. I'm not posting this anywhere else. What do you think of this new thing that we're thinking about doing? And you will get incredible feedback for free. You don't have to have a survey monkey account. You don't have to ask people to go anywhere. They're already there. Just what do you guys think about it? And they'll give you the most honest feedback because now you're a person. Now you care. And I think that's really, really valuable. So you can get, you know, feedback on your products. You can find out the th- what they really think of your brand. You can find out what they want you to make next, which is hugely valuable. Like product development is already right there for free. Um, you know, companies spend, that's like a billion dollar industry and you can just have it right there in a Facebook group for free. I think it's so valuable. Save you tons of money and time. I agree wholeheartedly again with that one. I think it's something that we spoke about with John um, from Entrepreneur on Fire about the power of things like Podcasters Paradise and, you know, podcast websites has got its own community and you see all sorts of different people. And actually we just try things in those groups and people are very, very honest because they know us and they can say, you know, listen guys, mm, I'm not sure about that. What about if you did it this way? I'd really like that. And, you know, that is so valuable. You think about an R&D department in a big business, that kind of honest feedback as you say, you pay millions and millions of dollars for. Well, I know it sounds silly, but here, I'll give you a perfect example of it. And this isn't my example. I'll give you the example of John. Uh, John Lee Dumas has Podcasters Paradise, right? And that has been the most, for me, has been the most valuable part of, you know, being having bought that product, which is not a cheap product. And being in that group. So for instance, I wanted to get rid of some fuzziness on the background of my podcast the other day. There's this underlying fuzziness and somebody told me how to do it. And then in all the gaps, it made it sound like I was Darth Vader. Like there was this weird, like creepy ghost, like hollow breathing sound. It sounded really, it actually was kind of freaked me out when I heard it. And then uh, I asked a couple other people and the feedback, he didn't have to help me. I didn't have to use his product, but the people he had gotten to buy his product were able to help me with it. And now this is the, this is why it matters. I'm thinking of doing webinars. Well, John has a product called Webinar on Fire, and I know he has a Facebook group just for the people who've bought that product. I'm thinking of buying Webinar on Fire, but the product is not what's selling me as much as the Facebook group that I know I'm not going to have access to, where I can ask questions of hundreds of people who have done exactly what I'm doing. And I think when you get into that, when you start offering, hey, you can also come into our Facebook group when you're a customer and there's all these people that'll help you. I think that's really valuable to a lot of people and 
he might not know it, but he's about, he will probably make a sale down the road because of the community more than just the product. Yeah. I mean, we see that so, so much. And when you start thinking about, you know, you guys listening out there, perhaps online business people, you're perhaps working in traditional manufacturing or education, or you're working somewhere where a community is not necessarily something you would have ever thought of because it doesn't directly fit with your customers. But the idea that something indirect can cause that community to erupt and actually then all you do is you acquire the people, the knowledge, the skills and the willingness to interact. That's so, so important. That can lead to significant growth, significant revenue increase and actually just overall a better brand for everyone. So, Mark, can I add one thing really quickly before we jump in? Um, I think too, if you think if you're because th- my thought right now is there's going to be people out there that are like, yeah, but I can't really build a community around like I, my example of like paving or something like, you know, we sell porta potties. Okay, well, what if you be- built a community around like who do you serve? Do you serve your local community? Do I serve, you know, the Chicagoland area? Sure. So why don't I build a community around Chicago? where people from Chicago can engage on stuff that's interesting, you know, build a Facebook group for, you know, fans of Chicago baseball, you know, the Cubs and the White Sox. Why don't I build a local community where the people in my town or my city can gather and talk about stuff that's important to them. And then since it's my community, I can advertise there. I get all these people's eyeballs in their ears and then they're engaging, they're having fun there. And I can be like, Hey guys, we're running a special, you know, here it is. And just leave it in there and then just keep providing value over and over and over again. So if you don't feel like you can engage on your topic, build something for the people you serve, the stuff they are interested in. I think that would probably give you a huge advantage in your business. Without a shadow of a doubt. And I love the idea of, of not seeing things that are directly in front of you. You know, you're seeing something that's over there on the left or on the right and actually doesn't directly connect, not yet, to the business, but actually as you say, it's opening the door, it's opening the community, it's giving you the ears and the eyes of the people that you serve. So I really, really love that. And actually what we're going to do now, Brendan, is move on to the excellence expected actionable takeaways. And as ever, there are three tips for you guys listening. And we have touched on these ever so slightly early on, but we're going to dive into them very specifically now. So Brendan, what is your first actionable tip for the listeners out there thinking about building an online community? So my first actionable tip is literally something we've already talked about a little bit, but it's just to learn people's names, Uh, learn their names, learn their story, and then genuinely put value into their life. Invest in a single person and be okay with that. Um, I also think along these lines of building these relationships is being able to engage everywhere, engage on YouTube videos, help people on Reddit, help people on Instagram, wherever you can help people. If there's a podcast you listen to and you know a little bit about like audio or something, help that person. You know, hey, I thought I, you know, this or that, you know, how are you editing it? Maybe I could give you this cool like workaround that I found, like engage everywhere you can. I think uh, you should, so it's my feeling that you should spend about 20% of your time online creating media, which we'll talk about here in a second, and then 80% of your time engaging with people around that. You know, go to twitter.com slash search and search for whatever you, you know, your customers are into or search for your product and then talk to the people about it. 
I see so many missed opportunities from everybody else in even even my industry where they're just not engaging anywhere. People leave 30 comments on an Instagram post that never get replied to. You know, even if somebody gives you a thumbs up, just, hey, at whoever, you know, at Mark, uh, thanks for the comment. You know, you're awesome. Just engaging constantly. And they're like, oh, there's actually a person there. It's not them just trying to push stuff at me. I think that, that by engaging, by building relationships that recur over time, uh, and by learning people's names, you can really grow your business. I love that. I love the idea of the, the replies on social media. That, that, mm-hmm. that is something that you see so, so often. Just a massive, massive engagement list and nothing sent the other way. So I, I really, really like that. I think that's so, so powerful for anyone. Even yeah, if I go on your Twitter and your whole Twitter stream is you tweeting and there are no, I can actually look at your tweets, not just like the feed that I would see, but I actually go to the tweets and you're not at replying anybody. Like, that's not good. You need to be talking to people. I have this, my, my buddy, well, his name is Bud from the A Boundless World podcast. He has sent, I think it's like 67,000 tweets and they're all just, it's all him just engaging with people, engaging, engaging, engaging with people. And I think he's a connector and I think he's an awesome person. He brings a lot of value to everybody that he engages with, but it's all him just tweeting at people, not necessarily just trying to push stuff onto people. I think that's huge. I would totally agree with that one. And just as we uh, as we move into, we're just coming up to the 30th minute, actually. So what we're going to do is just dive into actionable tip number two, sir. Sure. So I think this number two, I kind of mentioned a second ago, is just to become a media company. Whatever your brand is or whatever you sell, become a media company. Make pictures, make memes, make uh, whatever, video whatever media you can make. And I don't mean like call some marketing agency to do this for you because they don't get it. They're not in the DNA of your brand. Make media around your company and share that media. And I think the best tip is if you don't feel like your subject is exciting or you're not, well, if you're not excited about what you're selling, then you're probably in the wrong business. But if you don't feel like other people are going to be excited about it or you don't really see the connection, create media people care about. You know, share videos that are funny, something that empowers, entertains, or educates people. Like those are the three keys to sharing anything online or sharing anything with your friends. Like do that, share those things. And then when it comes time for you to do, maybe throw that right hook and try and push for a sale, people will already have a relationship with you by, you know, you've provided that media. The, an example is the other day, uh, the internet broke with that like white and gold or whatever it is, black and blue dress. <laughs> I know that sounds cra- crazy, Mark, but like, do you know what I'm talking about? That crazy thing. So I made a quick picture of a picture of a blue and white jujitsu gi that was my brand. And you could clearly see my logo on it. And I was like, hey, can you guys tell me what color this gi is? I see it as blue and white and 75% of people don't give a crap. And I just put <laughs> it out there. And people start reading it and they're like, wait, I see it. It's, oh, that's funny. That's I'm sharing that. Cause that's, that's really sarcastic. And I was, and I just wrote like, this is how I feel about the internet today. And it, it's advertising. There's my brand name right there real big. And it got hundreds of shares, but like it, it was educating because people were like, wait, what is he talking about? You know, people thought it was funny. They were very entertained and they saw my company in there. So there's a lot like that media you create around your company is really valuable. And I love the idea there as well. I mean, we mentioned the tools earlier. We mentioned Canva. There are obviously things like Instagram and Vine and all sorts of different 
different pieces of software that you can use, whether it's on your phone or your computer to create this content. It's not hard. And what I really like about that is that you're bringing, you're bringing a voice to your business that people generally in traditional business still are a little afraid of doing. You're bringing your personality through into that business. And I think so many people can do so much more with that. With, as you mentioned, only 20% of the time on the internet, that's not that much of an investment and you can get so much back from that. So I think that's fantastic. And let's just dig into the third and final actionable tip, please, Brendan. Sure. So I think number three is to bring value beyond your brand. Bring value beyond your brand. And what I mean by that is help people with things that don't matter. Bring more value than just what you're centered around. You know, if you're company, you have a pizza company and you are just a local pizza shop. Well, what if you asked people on your Facebook page, if they were excited, let's say you're in a small town, like who's excited for little league season? And they're like, people are like me, you know, oh, my son, Tim is on the Tigers. And then like, what if you like shot them a, a personal message and you're like, hey, let me know when the next game is. I'll bring over a pizza after the game. I'll have one of my delivery guys come over after the game. What does that cost you? Like what, whatever you pay for a pizza, like that kid's running pizzas out. Anyways, what if you popped by actually their game and after the game at 630 on Tuesday, you brought a pizza over there and all the parents saw it and all the parents were talking about it. And what did that cost you? Like next to nothing. And you just brought value. You engaged in their life. And I think that's huge, you know, just helping answering questions that don't relate to your brand and asking people what they need help with. Like I said earlier, that has nothing to do with making a sale. Like when you bring that kind of value into people's life, you become a person and they start to care about, you know, me. They start to care about Brendan, the person, you know, they're not just interested in podcast websites, Mark. They're interested in you, Mark, and they care about you. And if you're going to do podcast websites, they're going to get on that because they know you and they value you and whatever you make is going to be good. You know, I value John Lee Dumas. So whatever he makes, if he makes something about webinars and I want to learn about that, like I'm going to go to him. So I think when you bring a value beyond just that brand and you're able to actually speak into people's lives, uh, you're going to see in the end, you're in the end, you'll see a lot more sales. You'll see a lot better business and people who are going to become repeat customers over time. I think you, you've only got to look at the old Einstein quote, haven't you? Strive not to be a man of success, but a man of value. And a value, yep. it's, It just sums all of that up. I think it's so, so important. And for you guys listening out there, you know, it's some, it is sometimes difficult because you don't necessarily know where to start. You know, there are so many online tactics that you can take. There's so many people vying for your attention that you sometimes look outwardly. You sometimes dive into, okay, we need to do more SEO. We need to do more pay-per-click. We need to hire a social marketing agency. But actually, everything that Brendan has spoken about today is about looking inward. It's about thinking laterally about what you can provide to a series of people who will really benefit from the value that you can bring to them. And I think that is it's something that we can all do better at. We can all do more of. So I think there's always something to take away from this kind of conversation. So Brendan, thank you so, so much, sir. What I'd like you to do is, if you don't mind, just tell the listeners where they can connect with you online, please. Sure. So Mark, something I'm really passionate about is with building businesses and things like that is bootstrapping. Like I'm a dad. I started my business that I'm about to go full time with, with nothing. Like I didn't have extra money to start it. I didn't have anything to work with. 
Um, we didn't have any extra money. Everything was tight as it was. So by bootstrapping, by finding free things, uh, I was able to start this business. So if you don't mind, what I want to do is I put together a list of the 10 apps and the 10 programs like Canva. Canva is one of them uh, that I want to give away to anybody who's listening today. And they can find that list. It's just Brendan Hufford, my name, brendanhufford.com slash EE. Uh, and they can at brendanhufford.com slash EE, they can get all of those things. They can engage with me. They can grab the list of tools. There's another really cool thing on there on emotional stacking which is the tool that I use to take action when I'm feeling like I'm kind of down or I can't get started on a project or I can't finish something. So there's a bunch of resources there for them. That's all for free uh, that I hope are super helpful. But that's also the best place to engage with me. Just check out brendanhufford.com. Wow, wow, wow. Love that. That is fantastic. I love I love that you're giving that extra value. When people do that, the listeners, you guys, you really, really like it. So please, please, please check out brendanhufford.com slash EE for a pile of free resources. Brendan, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much for joining me, sir. Hey, Mark, I'm really, really honored. I'm grateful that there is somebody that wants to talk to me at three in the morning. And obviously, like it is three in the morning here and I'm this pumped. I'm this excited. Uh, and I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, like this might one of my best tips and we didn't, t- I'll add a fourth, like get up earlier than everybody else. Go to bed earlier and then get up earlier than everybody else. Uh, unless you have friends on the other side of the world, like I do with Mark, there's not going to be a lot of people to talk to. And you'll be able to get a lot more work done than you thought. So uh, I, Mark, I just really am grateful to, for the chance to come on and chat today. It is a sincere pleasure and we'll be sure to do a follow-up. So it would be fantastic for everyone involved to do a follow-up. So yeah, let's uh, let's look at booking that. So and guys, you guys listening out there, don't forget everything that we've spoken about for all of the links that Brendan has mentioned please, please, please remember to check out the show notes over at excellence-expected.com where, as ever, you can pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. That's how I changed my life. It's how you can change yours too. Until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.